Hi, this is Pastor Mike Gordon, and welcome to Bethel Brandon's Sunday Message. For more information about this podcast and more resources, visit us at BethelBrandon.ca. Hey, I want to share something with you. Um, And it's kind of framed in a question. It is this. Have you ever been disappointed with God? I know chances are you have been disappointed. Sometimes life can be disappointing. But the question is, have you ever been disappointed with God? Um, The Olympics are here. Perhaps some of you have watched them. I know I've already watched boxing, and I've watched wrestling, and I've watched gymnastics, and I've watched water polo, and I've watched pretty well everything that's probably on that you have been able to see. And the one thing about the Olympics is that it really personifies the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. You see people overwhelmed with the fact that they, they won uh, a gold medal and maybe they shouldn't have and it's such a wonderful time but then there's the person who has prepared their whole life and and have have spent hours every day seeking to do something and all of a sudden something bad happens something terrible happens there's a, 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 a equipment malfunction or whatever the case is and all of a sudden the, the dreams the hopes that they had to represent their country and win a medal are just gone like that have you ever been disappointed with God. Chances are, if you haven't, you probably haven't lived. All you will have to do is read your Bible for a little while and you will read stories of people who were disappointed with God and had no problem venting that. And here is how I feel, because there have been times where I have felt let down by God. There's been times where I've felt disappointed. I can get through the times where I can understand it where I can in my mind kind of fathom what is going on and I can kind of see what God is doing and I kind of have a bit of a direction and kind of a reason. But it's those times when I can't figure it out. You know what I mean? Those times where it just doesn't seem to make sense and or perhaps I see it in someone else's life and it doesn't seem to make sense. How do you navigate in those times when you are disappointed by God? And for many of us, Some of us go through a time where we realize we have a transactional faith. What do you mean by transactional faith? Well, that's the time when you kind of have this silent deal with God. And as long as God keeps his side of the deal, your relationship with him is fine. But then all of a sudden something takes place and you kind of silently say within yourself, Hey God, that's not part of the deal. And how you navigate during those times, many times will indicate how you grow as a Christian or whether you maintain or whether you stay um, in the faith. So we're going through a, a series which is called Proverbs uh, Greatest Hits. Some of the most popular passages in the book of Proverbs. And I've just been praying and I felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to begin to look at some of the more important passages in the book of Proverbs because I believe that God is bringing us through a time where we are going to need his wisdom. Not just wisdom, we're going to need his wisdom. We're going to need the wisdom of the person or the being 
who has created the universe. And it's extremely important. And you're going to need this wisdom for your life. And you're going to need this wisdom to raise your kids. And you're going to need these wisdoms in particular situations. And you're going to need this wisdom as you run your business. And you're going to read, need this wisdom as you go through various challenges, whether they're health challenges or whether they're financial challenges or whatever the case may be. And I believe, as I take a look at Scripture, that God is begging us to engage in this kind of wisdom. That the book of Proverbs basically says God is calling out for those people who want this wisdom. And it's something which is a faith thing. And it's something which is a fight thing. It's one of those things where you have to persevere and you have to sit before God and you have to call on him and, and, and trust that he is going um, to minister. And we um, need a wisdom that goes not just beyond our intellect, but many times it happens beyond our resources. And my question to you is this. Do you want that type of wisdom? Is this the kind of wisdom that you are striving for? Or has it happened that we've just gotten so busy? Or we've just kind of gotten into the routine of things that we just kind of think, oh, well, either that or we become like, there's a story in the Bible about King Saul, the first king of Israel. And there was a time when he's surrounded by the enemy and he's in the city waiting and he's tarrying in terms of trying to show up. And all of a sudden he says, forget this. I'm going to do the sacrifice myself. I'm just kind of going to put matters into my own hands. And he, he does the sacrifice himself. And then all of a sudden Samuel shows up. And that's the beginning of the downfall of King Saul. I think we do the same thing with wisdom. I'm waiting for God, I'm looking for God to move, and God doesn't show up in our timing, and so we just sit there and resort to our own conventional wisdom, to our own demise. And sometimes we depend on the wisdom that we get when you accept Jesus. That when you have Jesus in your heart and you are living a life passionately following Jesus, there is a, a natural wisdom that comes from that. But I think that God is calling us to a level that is even higher that, that we need to dig for, and that, and that God is calling us, and that we are going to need, if you don't need it today, I'm thinking within the next few months, we are going to need that level of wisdom. So, last week I talked about perhaps my favorite passage of Scripture. Um, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge Him. He will direct your path. Perhaps if you're listening online, you have heard that. Beep at me if you have memorized that scripture. Okay? Okay, good. All right. Excellent. So, and we talked about the fact that what does it actually mean to acknowledge God? To acknowledge means to know, but, but also to remember. To daily, practically worship God. To realize who He is. God of the universe. And here you are. And he says, acknowledge me, realize I am who I am. And then all of a sudden your understanding goes to the fact that there's a God who's taking care of things, who's way above you. And so there's something special about that passage of scripture. And today I want to talk about the fine print of that particular passage of scripture. And you may ask yourself, does the Bible actually have fine print? Well, no, it doesn't. As a matter of fact, I hate fine print. Fine print basically is something that you have to look through because you think that somebody is hiding something on you. At least that's what I've always felt fine print is. 
we find verses that we like and we just take those verses without actually taking a look at the whole picture, the, the, the whole context is what is being said at this particular time. And this is the case with, with uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. And uh, hey, through the book of Proverbs, sometimes it's difficult to interpret certain scriptures because the second, the last two thirds of Proverbs is in poetic Hebrew literature. And so it's harder to interpret things within context because it's stuck with, with parallelisms. It, they have antithetical and synthetic and synonymous, these parallels that talk. And it kind of say stuff like, the wise man wakes up early in the morning, but the fool's fences are never mended. So there's like a parallelism that's there. But in the first part, this part that we're talking about, you can take a look at the context with which things are written. And so I wanted to do that. I wanted to give you something, some words of life that will help every single one of us. If you can give me a couple minutes. So if you have your Bibles or if you have your Bible apps, turn with me again to Proverbs chapter three. We're gonna take a look at this absolutely wonderful passage of scripture, but I'm going to kind of read it within the context of which it is written as uh, Solomon is writing it out. And this is what it says. Proverbs chapter three, verse one. My son, do not forget my law. But let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy, truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them in the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. And here's the familiar part. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And he'll direct your paths. Then it goes on to say in verse 7, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all of your increase, so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For when the Lord loves, he corrects, just as the Father the son in whom he delights. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. What's all, there's a lot there. There's a lot in that passage of scripture. And we take out of that, that part that says, trust in the Lord, don't need any understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him. And when we take that out, what we don't realize, that that is part three in six things, six directives that God has for his life. And so let me just kind of quickly go through this passage of scripture. I'm just going to kind of move myself just a bit. I have a bit of a creak here as I'm speaking. Anyways, maybe it's just my back or my knee. Hey, who knows? This is what it says. Take a look at the, at the directives. The first directive is to see God. It says this, my son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. Did you notice that? Let your heart keep my commandments. It doesn't say let your head keep my commandments. It's kind of a difference, don't you think, between keeping something with your heart and keeping something with your head. I think that Solomon is trying to say something. You can read something, you can understand it, you can kind of get the brain knowledge going. But what I want you to do is I want you to be able to keep it with your heart. It needs to resonate inside with you with everything. There's a difference between a head knowledge and a heart knowledge, our head obedience and heart obedience. 
And there's a responsibility, there's a motivation, there's a push, there's an incentive in every believer to know and follow him and to follow his commands. And Solomon basically says this, if you get into the word of God and you keep it to the point that it is abundant in you, it will result in things that are absolutely tremendous. Here's the thing about the word of God. The word that you take today is for your sustenance tomorrow. Hey, I'm going to have lunch after this. I'm not too sure uh, exactly what we're having, but I'm looking for. Hey, so be, I like Wendy's too. Hey, here's the thing. What I eat today, if I don't eat anything today, I'd probably be able to get through it. But by tomorrow, I'm going to be kind of hungry. See, the word of God works in a way so that as you are absorbing it today, it will be for the things that are for tomorrow. And that's why it says, listen, if you have the word of God in your heart, it will result in long life. It will result in all of these other things taking place. So you're going to read it now. You may not get the sustenance now. You're just feeding. You're taking it in now. But it's for what's happening tomorrow. And so the first directive is to actually seek him. It starts with the knowledge of the Word of God. If you know the Word of God, it will revolutionize your life. But then he goes on to another directive in verse 3. It is to love through God. This is what he says in verse 3. He said, don't let mercy and truth forsake you. In other words, hey, among the most important things that are happening in your life and the most important things that will be going on, truth and mercy need to be among the top things. That if you love Jesus, if you love God with all of your heart, the natural byproduct that's going to be happening is that you're going to have a love for truth and that you're going to have a love for mercy. And if God has a hold of your life, those should be the things that are important. Not some of the other things that we think are important, but those things, those are amongst the most important things. And this is what he says. He says, he says put that around your neck and he says, scratch it out on the tablet of your heart. There he goes again. He's talking about the word of God being, on the, uh, being part of your heart. Then he says, write this on the tablet of your heart. Because it becomes part of who you are. To love, uh, to love truth and to, to love mercy. And, and that's the byproduct that happens when you love Jesus. But also the byproduct of it is that God sees it in you. And man sees it in you. What happens is what's called... Um, the Mother Teresa effect it was the fact that she loved truth. She loved mercy. And people will gravitate to authentic truth and authentic mercy. So there are two directors. Then we come to the third one, which we kind of all know. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. You ever notice that those kind of are the same? You can't really take away the truth and the understanding. It was kind of meant to stand together. And the reason that that is, is because many times when we don't trust God is many times because we really don't understand. And sometimes we have kind of thought that understanding and truth um, stay together, that, that, that they go hand in hand. But no, the scripture is actually saying this. You need to trust him, even though there are times in your life where you don't understand, you don't get it. One and one doesn't equal two in terms of the economy of what you're going through. And you need to realize that there's a God out there who understands that we need to trust in him, that he's bigger than our 
confusion and bigger than our challenges and bigger than our pain and bigger than our perceived unfairness that has been cast upon us and bigger than our self-sufficiency or our ability to believe that we can think this thing through ourselves. That's the third directive. Then he goes on in verse 7 and he says this, don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't resort to your own form of wisdom. Resort to the wisdom that God is extending out to you because that is going to be the thing that will get you through it. And pride is not in wisdom. Pride is in wisdom that is in our own eyes. So there's the directive to walk humbly and follow God. And then it's followed by the priority to prioritize God because he says after this, not only that, honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of all that you have. In other words, give me absolutely everything. It is the acid test of what we really want to give to God. And if God wants to bug us, what he does is he starts messing with our stuff. God, please, I will serve you. Just stay away from my stuff. But the commandment is this. I need to honor God with my wealth. I need to be generous with God and I need to be generous with people. And, and the verse not only is constructing us as to how much we give to God, but he asks this, are you giving God the best? Are you giving God the best that you have? You ever have a piece of pie, or sorry, a, a pie, and, and, and the question is, does God get a piece of the pie? Well, it doesn't really say that. It says, does God get the first piece of the pie? Maybe it's even saying this, the pie really is God's to begin with. And let me let you in on a uh, secret. The secret is this. If God doesn't get the first piece of pie, chances are he won't get any pie. In order for your faith to work, God has to have the first piece of pie. He has to have the first fruits of your creation, of, your, of what, you, what you have. And in doing that, God just says this, you cannot give me. No matter what you give, you will get it back and you will get more. And that's why he's saying, you know what? There's going to be so much abundance that happens in your life as a result. And so there's the directive to prioritize God in your life. And there's one more. And this is the tough one. And we hate it when we hear the word. He says this, and don't despise the chastening of the Lord nor detest his correction, which basically says, hey, I am continually molding and working your life. I am continually allowing circumstances that come in, and some are so heavy that you will never, ever understand it. And whenever we hear the word, the chastening of the Lord, we think, okay, well, God's spanking me. I've done bad, and this is my punish for that taking place. That's not necessarily what this word means in the Hebrew. What it basically is saying is this. God will continually do everything he possibly can to mold you into his image. That God is continually working. And some of those things, some of those things that in our, are in our life are so hard and are so unmovable that we go through times where we just can't figure it out. And he says, the reason I do that is because I love you. 
So every one of you out there, anybody who is online and you're thinking, you know what? I have been so through so much junk in my life. There have been so many terrible things that have happened recently in my life that I think that God is angry with me. I think that God is punishing me. When in reality, if you look at this passage of scripture, nothing can be further from the truth. That God will allow things happen to those people who he wants to mold into his image to make a difference. And there's purpose for God's discipline. There's purpose for God um, creating dis- dif- difficulty and discomfort and even things to the point where you just shrug your shoulders and you're not even sure what's going on. There's a song Lauren Daigle sang a few years ago. I think I still hear it now and again. It says, I will trust in you. When, it goes like, when you don't move the mountains, I'm needing you to move. When you don't part the waters, I wish I could walk through. When you don't give the answers as I cry out to you, I will trust, I will trust, I'll trust in you. I think we all know the trust in the Lord. It is the lean not on our own understanding that really, really bothers us. But here's the thing. If you take Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, you will get part 3 of a six-chapter story, or you will get one piece in a six-piece puzzle. He says, there's two ways you can read this. There's the first approach. So the first approach is this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean in your own understanding. Acknowledge Him, worship Him, everything you do, He's going to direct your path. That's wonderful. But there's a second reading. This is how the second reading goes. Get into my word. Not just knowing it, but let it get into your heart and it will reap a harvest that you won't even imagine. And let truth and let mercy guide you. Let it be the guiding post. Let it be in everything you possibly do. And not only will God notice, but the rest of the world will notice. Because I need you to trust me, even in times where you don't understand it, you need to worship me because I am God. I'm going to direct your paths. But don't get so wise in your own eyes that you depend on yourself. Seek the God wisdom that I want to give you. And most of all, give me everything. Honor me with your wealth. Give me the first fruits of everything you possibly have. And what I'm going to do is I am going to prove to you that you can't outgive me. And when you do that, you're going to understand that I am allowing things to take place in your life and you're not really going to get it. But don't think for a second it's because I don't love you because the exact opposite is true. And I'm creating something wonderful in you. Seek wisdom. Hey, that first reading is a real good one. But there's something in that second one that allows us to see that God is unraveling something in us. Wouldn't you agree? You look at the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter. Paul says something really neat. He says, you know what? We see through a glass darkly. You may not understand that, but at that particular time, the mirrors at that time had like a copper backing on them. So when you looked in the mirror, it was dark, it was distorted, you couldn't really figure it out. You could kind of see an image there. You kind of had an idea what it was going to look like, but that's not really what the real image was like. And, and Paul was saying, you know, there's going to be certain things you'll never even understand. You might have a kind of a glimpse, but you really won't understand it. And I can't help but think 
that some of us are in our walk. Some of us are in a place where we're saying, God, I just can't figure it out. But I need you. I need you in my life. And it may have to do with business ventures. It may have to do with figuring out what's happening in your kid's life. Or it might be trying to figure your parents out. Or it might be the fact that you don't know what you're doing in this job and you may need to be going somewhere else. Or it might be, I have a terrible problem with my health right now and I'm trying to figure God out in this whole process. And there are so many avenues that I could lay out to you. But there's a God who loves and cares for you. And I want to give you Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6. But I want to give you a whole lot more. Because if you take a look at the whole picture, you see a God that is pursuing you despite how you are feeling right now. So God, I just pray that you will move in those one or two people that are really struggling right now. They may be sitting in their apartment building. They may be sitting um, uh, watching this online. They might be sitting in their car and their heart is breaking. And they're not too sure what to do. Lord, for those one or two people who this is applying to, God, I pray that you will assure and comfort with your word because it's wonderful. It says you're not giving up on us. It says, Father, you know everything that's going on. And it says that I need to serve you no matter what, no matter what I'm going through. And so, Lord, I just pray a blessing and I pray for wisdom for each and every person in each and every vehicle, in each and every home, and each through each and every computer asking God that you will do something special and something real. We're going to lift you up and give you thanks despite what we're going through and because you are God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Let's continue the conversation online. Visit us at BethelBrandon.ca or follow us on Facebook.